Well, hello and welcome to Rhythms of Grace. I'm Christine and I'm here with Nate. Good morning or yeah. good afternoon, depending. <laughs> and Sung. Good evening. <laughs> there we got them. It's got, all covered. Yeah, I was going to say, got all our bases covered. Um, so we're in a series talking about uh, things we wish we'd known mm-hmm. and, and kind of a mini series within the series about marriage. Mm. Um, so, Sung, you previewed what we're going to be talking about this week. Yeah, and I forgot uh, over the last <laughs> week. So, Christine, you had to remind me. Yeah. So, thank you. <clears throat> yeah, so what what are we talking about? Well, there are three week? things that happens when you get older. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember any of them. <laughs> Is one of them having to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night? <laughs> does that happen to you, Nate? You know, it's, it does sometimes. Okay, that, that that has not happened to me yet. But here, here's the issue. I was just going to explain it real quick so nobody thinks I'm crazy. I will often like work all day and not really realize I'm thirsty. And then I'll mm. come in at dinner time and oh, I will chug water. Oh my gosh. I will pound water for mm. like four hours. And I'm like, at one point I'm like, I know I'm going to have to get up, but I'm so thirsty right now. So I just keep going. It's like, what are you going to do? Either you get a dehydration headache in the morning or you wake up in the middle yeah. of the night and yeah, go to the bathroom. It's a lose-lose. It, it is. Yeah. I mean, the right choice is to drink water yeah. during the day, mm-hmm. uh, but I am not that responsible yet. Mm. Well, uh, so... Uh, we're going to talk about the paradox of um, these two seemingly contradictory statements, but you that are held to be both true. If you want, I would say a healthy and godly relationship. Mm. So that is on one hand, um, you you don't marry somebody you can live with. You won't. You marry somebody you can't live without. Because sometimes people would be like, how do you know? Mm. Right. And I mean, so for everyone who asks that question after they get married, they'll say, yeah, you just say, you just know. Right. Before you're married, that's like the most frustrating answer. After you're married, you're just like, I don't know how to explain it. You just know. And um, this was actually true for for Amy and I, like it was uh, because we were just platonic friends for a, a long time. And I don't remember if I said this because again I, I you know, I'm getting older and my memory's fading. But um, we we were platonic friends for a while. We were giving dating advice to each other and um, about dating other people. About dating other people, <laughs> okay. yeah. Wow. And so uh, again, it was set up to be just kind of like this, yeah, platonic friendship. And over time, and I was about to graduate seminary, and there was just this like ache, like oh man, like life with Howder is just. Um, and, and being a really, really independent person, that was not a, a normal feeling for me at all. Mm-hmm. If anything, I'll, I'll, I think I've said this too, like I can hang out with most people for like a day and then the next day I want to hang out with somebody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I just, you know, give me some variety. I, um, and, and so for us, it was for me, it was like, oh, oh yeah, I actually want to spend time with this person like more than a day. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point where it was like, oh, it, it's not just like, oh, I could live with her. Like there's a lot of people you could live with, mm-hmm. right? But there's uh who who are the that that uh, who who's that person that you can't live without? Mm-hmm. So that's one, on one end of the spectrum. On the other end, though, um, if you can't live with without that person, that person might be an idol in your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I see. I see where we're going. Mm-hmm. So they they sound contradictory. Yeah. And yet they have to be held in tension, healthy tension. And I, I would say it, it, uh, in, in any season or any day of your marriage, you're, you're going to fluctuate somewhere between those two um, polar ends. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. Christine, why don't you, yeah. uh, why don't you weigh in? No, I'm, I'm gathering my, my thoughts. All of my ex- experience. Because I know I'm going to have to talk about my own marriage, so I'm trying to like think very carefully about <laughs> what I say next. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess. So I've, I've heard the story of, of like, you know, I think in like a sermon illustration, you talked about that one time with, with you and Amy, like the Mm -hmm. idea of like, oh, I can't live without this person. Um, and I remember in my mind at the time I was like, but I want to be able to live without that person. Mm. You know, like, like I want, like, I think about my grandpa who, after my grandma died, Mm. like no, like ceased to exist. Mm. You know what I mean? Like he just was no longer. Yeah. Um, a whole person, um, which again, it's like romantic, yeah, but it's also not healthy. Right. Um, so I, I'm, I will, I will be interested to hear more about that, Hmm. how, how you navigate that tension. I mean, I do think that the, I do think that the word can't in there, like can't live without is, is a little like, that's a, that's a very sort of extreme term. Mm. And it probably sung, even in your case, it's probably not quite specific enough because it's like you didn't want to i mean mm-hmm. could you could you have right. lived without <clears throat> your w- without your wife amy yes mm-hmm. but it's more the feeling of i don't want to yeah. live mm-hmm. without this that's person. true mm-hmm. um so i think that i think it's helpful just for me at least that as i'm thinking helpful. about it to sort of clarify because mm. i think it i think it is i think there are people and in fact i mean it's it's like a hallmark of like abusers to say mm-hmm. like I can't live without <laughs> you like if you are if you leave, if you leave me, me I will yeah. xyz you yeah. know like that's actually it gets very very unhealthy yeah. on that end of the spectrum yep. um but saying like this person is a person that I I every for me it's sort of like every time I imagine my future mm. it's better with this person in it yeah um, and that was, that was, that's been my experience, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So could I live without my wife? Well, actually, <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, there are some things that would really, that would be a struggle, but, um, but yes, but do I eagerly anticipate what my future looks like with her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Um, again, like as like a single person who's like, you know, not married, hasn't experienced this, that idea of, um, yeah, like imagining every part of my future with that person without like, is it, is it better? Yeah. Um, yeah. Although that too can, can kind of like drift into idolatry. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I wonder how, you know, when it's healthy versus idolatry, (laughs) I mean, besides sort of like the extreme example, like what is, what is a non-extreme example of that being sort of an, an idolatrous mindset look like? That's a good question. Um, I, I'm looking something up right now. <laughs> it's, a, 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 it's a quote from C.S. Lewis from The Four Loves. Um, I, 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 I've not pre-read this. I just remembered it, so I looked it up, so I'm reading it, and... Um, I'll see if there's any relevance. <laughs> Bring it. We may give our human loves the unconditional allegiance, which we owe only to God. Then they become gods. Then they become demons. Then they will destroy us and also destroy themselves. For natural loves that are allowed to become gods do not remain loves. They are still called so, but can become, in fact, complicated forms 
of hatred. Mm. Yeah. I mean, what I like about that, and as I think about even a non-extreme version of idolatry is like, if you've sort of created an image of this person Mm -hmm. that they cannot live Mm -hmm. up to, that's not, uh, that's sort of where I think what C.S. Lewis is getting at. It's like, you're destroying the other person to Mm -hmm. sort of put this expectation on them that is an idol in your own mind and they will never be able to live up to, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's one. If uh, I mean, it's interesting to think about, like if you if you sort of say that you have a high opinion of your significant other, and at the same time you're regularly disappointed in them, it could, <laughs> I mean, that yeah. could be the dynamic, right? Like you yeah. could just be like, oh well, you don't you're you set them in a place that they shouldn't be. It's mm-hmm. not fair to you or them. I think one maybe thing that um, uh, could maybe might, might be a marker of whether you're idolizing each other is that, you know, and I think this is common in in a lot of marriages, but Amy and I went to our marriage like pretty wide eyed, but thinking that like, okay, we're, we're pretty realistic about each other and things and that, but, but even, uh, I I don't know how long it was. Uh, um, I want to say it was four plus years into our marriage. So soon after we had kids, like there was a a deeper level of like, oh, you're a sinner. (laughs) (laughs) And again, like we knew that. Yeah. But, but like there, even with our, what we thought was like, oh, we have a realistic image of each other. Mm-hmm. Like that had to crack that had to like be exposed. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that's the other thing too. Right. And, and you hear this a lot from people and it's absolutely true. Amy and I continue to learn more about each other every single day. Yeah. And, and then there are things that you just, no matter how, how many times it's told to you, um, you just, uh, you just <clears throat> like, um, you just uh, keep failing in the same areas. That's exactly what I was going to say that, that I think is different than like people are like, Oh, you know, we've had fights or, you know, there's a difference between sort of thinking of someone as making mistakes mm-hmm. and sort of accidentally mm-hmm. sinning every once in a while and yeah. coming to terms with like the habitual shortcomings and, mm-hmm. and sort of systematic or habitual sins of another person and realize <laughs> just to realize like, Oh, this will, this might get better, but this is, this dynamic is never going to fully yeah go away yeah you know like amy probably had to come to terms with like oh nate will worry for the rest (laughs) of our life together Mm -hmm. and that's frustrating to her and it's hard and it requires her to support me in a way that she using energy energy she'd probably rather put somewhere else Mm -hmm. right but it's not going away if i could make it go away trust me i would have (laughs) Um, but that is sort of a different level of realization. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, well, oftentimes I'll tell young people who are about to get married, like, hey, this this issue in that person, they will have that for the rest of your life yeah. with you. Right. Um, just even last night, uh, right before bed, you know, well, it, it was in the evening. Um, and uh, Amy's like, oh, tell me about your day. So I go off telling her about my day and whatever. And it was full. And, and then and then. And then she started talking about her day. <clears throat> and then, um, but long story short, I, I caused her because she was like, you know, because I didn't listen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, 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 or she's like, I, I, she, and this is what happens. She'll say something about her day. And then I'll say, oh, that reminds me of this. Oh, that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she's like, well, I, I thought I would give you, your, you a turn. And then, that, then I would have a turn. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, no, well, okay. 
well, if I knew it was like taking a turn thing, uh, you know, and, and this is just how stupid, like hard hard headed I am sometimes. I'm just like, you have to tell, like, I have to literally or metaphorically turn off my brain. Yeah. So I could go into listening <laughs> mode. To listen. <laughs> I don't know if that's better. If I got to hear about my wife's day, I got to turn my brain completely off. <laughs> sorry, Amy. I'm so sorry. Oh, gosh. And so, yeah, it was just one of the. And again, it's just like, this has been an issue for 20 some years for our marriage. Yeah. yeah. And you would just think like, okay, how many times does she have to say, or do I have to learn that same thing? Mm-hmm. Right. And so uh, th- there's an example of, of that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so shifting gears just a little bit mm-hmm. around our, our initial uh, like mm-hmm. paradox. Christine, I think we were talking about, I, again, I, I can only remember the barest bones of this conversation, but something about like your brother getting married Mm. to a friend, not someone he was in love with is, or I mean, maybe you can, you should probably tell this story. (laughs) Um, yeah. So he, I guess did not marry someone he couldn't live without. Um, but he, yeah, he married, uh, he had been friends with a girl and, um, they ended up having a baby Mm. and so they decided like okay we are going to get married and if we're going to get married we're gonna we're gonna like do the work to make this a healthy Mm. marriage um so they've been married for five years now six years now and uh yeah it's been it's been i a privilege to be like part of the journey or or that that he has like kind of let me into part of that so how, how do you, how, when you hear those two statements, how did you feel like those apply or don't apply to what you've seen with your brother, for example? Yeah, I think, um, you know, a lot of like when he's giving advice, he's like, don't do this. Probably uh, r- don't, right. go, don't go about it this <laughs> right, way. Like, right, like right, right. marry someone that you, that you can't or don't want to live without. Um, but I think it's, it's been really cool to see how like, uh, they're able to like create a life where they don't want to live without the other person, like intentionally, um, like they're both very independent. Um, I'm pretty sure he's an Enneagram eight. Um, and so like very like want to have their own independence, but like making intentional decisions to include the other person yeah. in all of these different areas. That's, that's a really interesting part of the, because again, like the choice to, imagine your future with someone else it doesn't just it's not again it's not a feeling Mm -hmm. and actually you sort of need to re-engage with that for the rest i mean every new period of your life there's like a new future right Mm -hmm. like now you have a baby so you're thinking about what's it like to raise kids and does Mm -hmm. that is that with this person or are you imagining life without that person you know so it's interesting Mm -hmm. that in some ways they skipped the initial step, yeah. but the work that they're doing is work that I think that you do have to do mm-hmm. where you, you do. Um, I, I mean, I've always sort of felt that romance in some ways gives you like a jump start into marriage because yeah. it's like, I can't imagine my life. <laughs> and that like, that sort of gets you over all the like problems, and, mm-hmm. you know, farts and whatever. <laughs> But then there is like the work of choosing that over and over and over mm-hmm. again yeah. and saying like, I'm going to, I'm going to change myself or my own expectations or my own hopes and dreams to align with this other person as well. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it's interesting to see that like after six years, they've ended up at the same yeah. place as my siblings who started out yeah. in love where they are just as in love, just as committed, you know, dreaming together, planning together. 
you know, like, you know, creating a future together in the same way that my siblings who, who started out, you know, it was a lot, again, I'm not going to deny it was a lot more work to get there. Yeah, um, <laughs> sure. But mm-hmm. yeah, so I guess, I guess they kind of married someone they could live with, not someone mm-hmm. they could, couldn't live without. Mm-hmm. Um, and have slowly been turning and, it into that. Yeah, exactly. So um, this is not a statement in defense of arranged marriages, but it sounds <laughs> like, it, it sounds like, it, I remember seeing a documentary where like a son was talking to his parents who mm-hmm. had had an arranged marriage and they had a very, very happy, loving marriage. And they sort of like made those exact same Mm -hmm. choices along the way. Sort of like, if we're going to do this, then we're going to do it well and we're going to work hard at it. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's interesting just again to see that sort of play out. Like, like maybe there's lots of on ramps onto Mm -hmm. the marriage road, but once you're on it, really the choices look very, very similar for Mm -hmm. longevity. I think that just highlights that love is a choice Mm -hmm. and not a feeling. So when people say I've fallen out of love, it's usually a feeling Mm -hmm. and really behind it is like, there's been choices that have been made by one or both sides that they, that they find themselves in that place now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about like, how do you, let's say you find yourself sort of idolizing your spouse or significant other. What's the road out of that? Like what are healthy, like what's a healthy way to think about that person or to think about yourself or to think about your relationship that sort of steps you back into a place of health? That's a good question. The only, th- the only thought that came up, up, up in my mind is uh, it's a bit fatalistic, mm. which is um, you might not know that you're idolizing the person and God will just bring something in to just crash oh, it down. Interesting. Mm. Like that person will severely disappoint you mm. or not live up to your expectation. Mm-hmm. And you'll just have this breakthrough moment. And it's not so much now that they're a bad person mm-hmm. as much as like, Oh yeah, they're not this, you know, cause again, the person you marry, you're like, Oh yeah, they're a good person. And hopefully that, that is true. And that mm-hmm. doesn't change. But, uh, um, there's a name of a book called something like, you know, some, it's called something like, what'd you expect? You married a sinner. Mm. Uh, right. And it's like, well, yeah. Mm. And, and that realization just has to just gets pushed deeper and deeper in. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, I, I don't know that, that I, I know any specific way to like, just proactively say, Hey, I'm going to take a step back mm-hmm. as much as like you, you crash into yeah. this wall and you realize the emptiness right. of that. Mm-hmm. Right. No, that's good. And, and I think it's helpful to remember that like that really is a, a point of decision Yeah, because mm-hmm. you could, you could find someone else to idolize. You could try to pretend like it never happened. So you can re idolize that person, or you can mm-hmm. sort of like take a step towards acknowledging their brokenness, their humanness and choosing a path of mm-hmm. sort of long-term love anyways. Yeah. And not only their humanness, but also kind of like your own, uh, setting them up on the throne oh, of yeah. your heart, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's not like, yeah. oh, well, you're only human. <laughs> it's more like, oh, right. I have, I've made you into a god. And like yeah. Lewis is saying, then, then I have really, I, I've lifted you, lifted you up above God, and therefore destroying myself mm-hmm. and you. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. That's good. But I, I don't know if there are, if there are other proactive ways. Yeah. Um, I, I think sometimes it just comes about because, um, like you. Um, how do I say this? Like you, you, your expectations on the other person mm-hmm. are just so impossible, mm-hmm. whether it's 
whatever, um, their behavior or their image or that, um, that, that, that will come crashing down in on the relationship too. Mm-hmm. And so again, they're, they're, and again, like you were saying, that's a decision point, right? For some people it's like, well, I guess we weren't meant to be. Yeah. And you short circuit the very process that God's trying to do the work in your heart mm-hmm. of trying to disentangle that person from, mm-hmm. from your heart. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I do think one thing like, you know, kind of when, you you know, there, there are those things that that you want the other person to fill. And I think sometimes just even recognizing those before Mm -hmm. they disappoint you of like, oh, like, am I expecting this person to make it so that I'm never lonely Mm -hmm. or, you know, to make it so that I, you know, like to comfort me after a bad day or to fill these different, like, what holes am I expecting this other person to fill that like. I mean, you know, obviously like a significant other can help with loneliness or comforting you or those, but like, they're not going to always fill that hole. Um, and like loneliness doesn't disappear when you're married and like other hurts aren't always going to be assuaged. So like where, what, what holes are some, is your significant other trying to fill that God is, is asking to fill? I think that's, that's been something for me. I'm also like... Uh, as an Enneagram too, I'm tempted to like be the, I, I'm oh, like, to I be the whole be, filler. I oh, want to be yeah, the whole yeah. filler. Mm. And so for me, I'm usually asking the opposite question of like, Oh, what hole do I think I can fill in this person's <laughs> life yeah. that, that God is asking to fill? Interesting. Um, or w- I think I'm just, I tend to be more aware of like, who does this person think I can be in their life? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do I <laughs> bring that up lovingly? <laughs> yeah. yeah. For those of us that aren't as sort of emotionally in tune, uh, I, I, I had a different path to get the same way, which is sort of like, if, if I find my friendship circle contracting, mm. that's often mm, an indicator that I'm sort of yeah. expecting Amy to be more and more and more, because really we do need, we need, it doesn't have to be a huge circle, but, yeah. but mm-hmm. everyone needs a significant circle of people around them yeah. to fill those holes. I mean, I think God uses, God does want to fill those holes, but he also wants to use other people to Mm -hmm. fill those holes. Right. And so if I find, when I find my circle of friends contracting, that's usually a warning sign to me. Like, Oh, I mean, cause who, who else is, who else am I going to be like expecting to fill? There's nobody else around. It has to be Amy, you know? Um, so that's one thing that I've tried to do, uh, just proactively sort that's of be good. like, right, got to go make some friends, which yeah. from as, I mean, as an introvert, like that's a big <laughs> ask. I mean, I'm not yeah. joking. That is a big ask, but it's one thing I, that I actually interestingly have found is good for my marriage. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Cause no person, no can fill all the holes in your heart. No, mm-hmm. no single person. And you, you, you do need that multiplicity of different kinds of people uh, in community for the, multiple aspects of your emotional life and satisfaction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So your, your spouse will not complete you. Mm-hmm. No, wait, <laughs> Jerry Maguire lied. Uh, I mean, and one thing that's interesting is like every time I make a new friend, the palpable relief on Amy's face is <laughs> that she also understands. I have a need for a broader circle of friends that I'm like prone to just sort of naturally develop. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So, um, anything, uh, anything coming out of that in terms of just, um, Oh, I, I was, uh, th- this has been on my mind as, as we we're talking about all these other things, the, the visual, I'm a visual person that really helped me understand the the paradox of these two things is 
you imagine where, um, well, this is more of a, uh, like the difference between dependence, independence, and interdependence, mm-hmm. right? Like dependence, you just visualize an upside down V. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that if one person falls or, or disappears, the other person is just flat mm-hmm. on the ground. Okay. And then you think of being independent and you're like, oh, okay. So very unhealthy codependent relationships are like that. Mm-hmm. And then you think of uh, an independent relationship and that's like an H. Mm-hmm. Right. Where mm-hmm. we both stand tall. The other side falls off. I'm still standing. It doesn't matter. I'm stoic in the midst of all this. But an interdependent relationship is like an M. Hmm. Where you you embody both the end the 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 side that are standing vertical, and the the side that is um, sort of de- dependent, but in de- a healthy way. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I, I remember reading that when uh, before Amy and I got married, and so that was like ages ago, mm-hmm. and that visual still sticks in my mind mm-hmm. of like um, yeah, because in in different ways, Amy and I both tend to be very independent. Um, and, uh, so that, that's always been a, uh, and, uh, again, this is, <laughs> this is one of those things I, I'm just bringing up junk from our, our relationship, but more, more of my junk <laughs> because she, she'll as independent as we are, she will often say sometimes, uh, in, in different seasons, sometimes it feels like you don't need me, mm. you know, and oh, <laughs> that's just hard. Uh, which isn't true because if you know my story, that's that's kind of how like we entered into going beyond friendship. Was I said to her, "I need you," mm-hmm. which was a huge thing. I, I know your people are like, "What? Uh, what's it? no?" That for me, that was huge. So um, that's just a visual for mm-hmm. how to visualize like codependent, dependent, independent, yeah. and interdependent mm-hmm. relationship. Yeah, I like that because it's like providing a buffer or like support, but not being the only thing yeah. holding that person up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what are like last, like maybe not last, but like what are the healthy ways that it's like you can be dependent on another person without it turning into the upside down V? Like how, like what are those things that's where we are supposed to rely on the other person? Um and still maintain our independence? Well, I, I think uh, carrying each other's burdens, right? Um, we're, we're called to do that as as Christians with yeah. each other, but your spouse should be one, if not the primary, um, not the only, but mm-hmm. one of the primary ones that you are sharing your burdens with each other, praying for each other. And so there's that dependence mm-hmm. that is really, I, I mean, it's that the whole you know, cord of three strands. Yeah. Like you're putting Christ in the center of that and you're, re- you're really both depending on him. And in that way you're leaning in towards each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think about, I think about, I mean, I'm just like sort of running through the things in my own head, but I think about parenting. Yeah. Like in some ways, if you're going to be married, like depending on the person to be a, a partner mm-hmm. in the parenting process feels like pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and this kind of goes into more, I, I guess I'm taking a little left turn here, but uh, the whole issue that, that I think sometimes can come up in marriages is just clarifying roles mm-hmm. in your marriage, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and responsibilities oh, and chores, right? Yeah. Um, 
and <laughs> and that changes and develops over time. Yeah, it does. I mean, that's actually so now like my brain is starting to spin up, but really it's almost like they're like in a healthy marriage, there's an agreement yeah. about what you can depend on the other person for. Mm-hmm. And yeah. as long as that's sort of like not, well, I mean, it, it could be unhealthy, but there's a healthy way to sort of like have it be spoken mm-hmm. and understood. And then it's like, well, I, like in this relationship, in this partnership, I know that you can do this and you've agreed to do that. So that's sort of like, I'm going to depend on you to do that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. again, I think there's tons of renegotiation as stages of life change. But if it's sort of like spoken and agreed upon, it can be any number of things, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like, uh, um, I don't know if we're getting too far off track here, but like, for example, I hate to clean. I love to cook. Mm -hmm. So I do all the cooking and Amy cleans up Mm -hmm. that works for us. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, and so she sort of doesn't like ask me every night to what to make dinner. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's expected that dinner is on my, uh, you know, on my radar. Yeah. Yeah. No, similar too. Um, Amy does all the cooking. I do most of the cleaning. Yeah. Um, because I, it's not that I hate cooking. I can't cook. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, literally the kids can cook better than I can because she's taught them how to cook. And, uh, she will say, yeah, when Amy, uh, when Sung is by himself. Yeah. You don't seem like you're much of a follow a recipe kind of guy, which is sort of like the foundation of learning to cook. Yeah. You're sort of like, ah, I think I got this figured out. Well, if it's as, you know, uh, pour eight ounces of chicken broth, I'll just grab a cup. You're like, "Ah, yeah, that's that's good. That's eight (laughs) ounces ish. Yeah, I I like this like idea of like oh yeah you can kind of establish roles because the the like image that came to mind was like teammates or you know partners, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes maybe for like maybe this is generational maybe it's like I don't know but that idea of like oh partners means you do everything together or equally mm. or you split everything and it's like well like you know a right. team has different roles like there's mm-hmm. <laughs> like. Not everyone's a quarterback. Yeah. Um, that's as much as I know about football. So that's where the analogy <laughs> I was going to just say, wow, Christine, that's awesome. I, w- I was going to say, uh, mix, mix sports and say, yeah, and not everybody else is a point guard. And, and yeah. Wouldn't have gotten that joke. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, no, it's true. Because um, like in our household, Amy does our finances, which we'll talk about next episode. Um, and I can do it. But, um, she does it. And again, it's, it's like, she's, she's already more minded that way, mm-hmm. more detail oriented. And, um, so there, there is that shared responsibility and, and yeah, you work as a team together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do think the more I think about it, the more I realize how, how important it is that whether thing, because there are things that Amy and I do together because mm-hmm. like neither of us like to do them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, like convincing the kids to do chores, like no, <laughs> neither one of us wants that responsibility. Yeah. So we sort of like share it. Uh, but all, a lot of that is spoken. A lot of it is mm-hmm. like, it's out there. And I think the the more, the longer we've been married, the more we take the time to make sure that stuff is communicated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that my, uh, m- my brother who has even more kids than me, he and his wife like process that sort of stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Cause they have a really, they have a, a, a lot going on. And if they're not talking about it, I could see 
expectations outpacing mm-hmm. their ability to fulfill those expectations mm-hmm. really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, that's my big takeaway. I got to go have a talk with Amy. <laughs> <laughs> Clarify roles. Yeah. Well, and I think especially when you get into marriage, like you bring your family of origin background there. Sure. And mm-hmm. so you could be like, well, my dad always cleaned the car every yeah. Saturday. Why aren't you cleaning our car? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there's a lot of unspoken expectations and roles that you just bring into the marriage anyways. And so unless you talk about those things um, and it might seem really mundane, but they could be big stressors in a relationship, Mm -hmm. especially if, are we going to talk about roles that in a future episode, did I, did we, did we mention that, that we were, Um, you know, cause I'm about to go, go go for it. You know, we, we plan these episodes out like the, the, like the minute before we start recording. (laughs) No, I mean, that's actually one of the things that I've said uh, both to my sons and my daughters pretty regularly, mm-hmm. which is like, hey, what what your mom and I have is a model, yeah. but it's not mm-hmm. the model. And like, if my daughters were to find somebody that like couldn't fix the sink or, mm-hmm. or I, like that's yeah. fine. I try to tell them that is okay. Right. Yeah. Like, don't, don't take me as the model yeah. because I think there is that there's that tendency. Mm-hmm. You sort of take the model that you had. And even if you, even if you observed that it didn't always work in your family of origin, man, those habits run mm-hmm. deep. Those mental sort of pathways run deep and you can find yourself living into that even at, even as you sort of cognitively acknowledge that mm-hmm. it wasn't effective yeah. all the time. So yeah, I try to tell my kids like, you, you don't have, I mean, so here's a perfect example. Amy runs her own business, you know, Mm -hmm. and the farm is a business, you know, I'm certainly busy. Um, but in terms of like providing the income for us, Mm -hmm. it's on her shoulders, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I think that's probably a Mm non-traditional sort of setup, Mm -hmm. but it really works for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, I think it's important also saying like, Oh, this isn't like the only model because then, uh, a lot of times I think kids are either like, oh, I want to be just like my parents or I want to be the exact opposite. Yeah. 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 And it's like, oh, but there are so many other paths right. <laughs> between right. those two. Um, yeah. Like I don't have to choose to either be Amy or Nate in this room. Like I can, yeah. <laughs> I can be. And a know. lot and in a healthy marriage, a lot of that is built with the other person. Yeah. Again, yeah. sort of saying like, where do we find how, how we work best together? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a, a two degree uh, separation here too, but uh, going to, talking about roles as well too. Now, now thinking about marriage in terms of parenting as well too. That's that's again something you have to talk through as well too before I, before you have kids, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, both of you were parented a certain way. Yep. And by default, you think this is the way you parent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or this is not the way you yeah. parent. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so all, all those things have to be talked through and, um, a couple of those things that we talk, we'll talk about next episode, which is money. And again, that, that your, your, uh, family of origin certainly influences that. And, um, we'll talk a little bit about sex as well too. That, yeah. I'm, I'm glad we will. Cause that was one other thing that I was saying, like in marriage, like the expectation is that your partner is like you are fully dependent mm-hmm. on them for sexual satisfaction, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. which, uh, which again, will just be an interesting part of the conversation. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> mm. I'll have so much to say about this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I am excited. It'll to be continue. interesting to hear what you kids think about uh, <laughs> about sex these days. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> oh, so I hope you can't wait to join us next time for more rhythms of grace. <laughs>